This is the Comedy Kiosk podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, our podcast about comedy news. We will talk about some hot topics. We will ask each other some questions. And in general, we will try to share some opinions based on comedy. My name is Igor Monday. And I'm David Munoz. And today's topic is comedy in 2020. So, what do you think about 2020 as a year for comedy? It sucks. <laughs> I mean, not the material that's coming out, but for performing, it sucked. <laughs> like, it was a tough little road uh, moment. Uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, well, I think the biggest problem was no one expected something like this to happen, and it flipped the whole genre. Mm. It changed how stand-up basically is. I yeah. think fundamentally changed some concepts of stand-up that have been around for, what, 50, 60 years. Maybe, and yeah. uh, we all had to learn how to deal with it. And not only stand-up, but different other comedy formats like TV, comedy, and so on. Yeah, yeah, you could see the, especially with the talk shows and the late-night stuff and things like that, like having to figure out what they were going to do and, and how they were going to have guests and all the rest. I mean, Zoom pretty much became the go-to or any such sort of video streaming service. I think it was all started by Zoom, probably. They, <laughs> yeah. They yeah. intentionally ate a bet. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's how it all started, because they were like, we have this technology that people are just using for boring office meetings. Yeah. But what if... We sell it to like Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if it's now the official channel for Jimmy Fallon to do this show? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they all started it, obviously. So let's start that conspiracy theory. Why not? Uh, it, it's it's less stupid than a lot of the other ones going around these days. And yeah, and and we all had to like adapt. Like even small clubs, uh, like the one that the that we're part of, we had to. I think everyone quickly jumped to online shows and uh, presenting like nights and things and trying to sell tickets or doing it for free and, and all the rest. So Yeah, many people around the world, many organizations and comedy clubs adapted quickly to basically switch from offline to online. I was surprised how quickly, actually. I think we started the first week of April and some other organizers already did it like mid-March. Yeah, I think that shows the addiction level of comedians. Like we cannot go more than a couple of weeks without being in front of people and making idiots of ourselves. But I think it also shows like courage and dedication, mm. passion, creativity. All right, you have the plus words. I, I call it idiots, uh, narcissists, yeah, and yeah. morons who just can't keep away from other people no, in some way, shape or form. The, the, way, the way the comedy industry like persevered, I yeah. think it's amazing because and not okay over time we all understood how to do things and that this is a new reality we have to deal with and so on but very early on after like clubs started being mm -hmm. closed and the lockdown started being implemented in different countries yeah people just decided like but i still want to do this i want to make people laugh i want to brighten up someone's day comedy is still important mm -hmm. kind of social interaction and normal social behavior human behavior like laughter is still important yeah i can't true. do it on a stage i can't do it in a club what can i do and i think zoom wasn't even the first option because it 
only became kind of popular as a platform few weeks in yeah uh, so i know that some people were doing it on like facebook live instagram yeah. live whatever platform whatever yeah. channel was available yeah. uh, comedians decided like let's go on there and keep telling jokes yeah and, and and i think also the audience did want it like they wanted something to distract them from the fact that they were stuck in their their apartments or houses or whatever and you know they could watch something and pretend it was a night out um although i think you could see things change like over time like in the beginning people would be a little bit more dressed up uh in front of the camera and they would like you know sit there and same with the comedians like we would put like the backdrop would hang curtains like black curtains i know i was doing that i even had like the sign for our for our club up behind me and trying to make it look like a stage and by the end people were like listening in bed comedians were performing laying down on the couch and it was it got like it devolved over you can see over a span of like a month or two everything just devolving into the ah, I'm just gonna do it in my pajamas yeah I think it was actually a good image of society in general because first like few weeks or even maybe few months we just pretended nothing changed and we just took our denial habits first stage denial yeah, exactly yeah we took our habits we took our like i don't know schedule we took our activities and so on and we yeah. just started doing it online and people were dressing up for shows and we all put up these nice curtains and stood up and had like a handheld microphone and i i, I i've done and i uh, know that you have as well several shows around the world organized yeah. by people in different countries different parts of the world and i remember one open mic was in california if i'm not mistaken it was kind of uh, 5 a.m here yeah. and i woke up to do it because i was so hyped to do comedy in a different country which was impossible i mean it was possible if i traveled to that country and so on it was cheaper yeah <laughs> it was cheaper it was that, that, that's cheaper. why it appealed to us we're like we don't have to pay for an airfare ticket yes i'll do it of course it's it's a uh, experience that you couldn't get mm. just a month or I don't know a year before this happened yeah, so absolutely. but yeah but, but people like even built kind of a small stage in yeah. their garage or something like this uh, yeah. just a performance area people really dedicated to this idea hang on hang on I've got one question for you so you said that you performed for this cut. now was this towards the beginning of the quarantine or at the end maybe in the first month okay because yeah that shows the difference of experience to mine because by the time I performed which I did it later than you when I performed for a club one of the clubs in I think it was Miami or something like that one of the guys performing he was doing it in his garage like you said but there was no stage instead there was a pile of dirty laundry in the background on, on, on a discarded sofa in the garage that was near the washing machine and you could tell that pretty much when he finished his act he was going to go yeah and now I'm going to put the load into the washing machine and start doing that I think it also depends on the person and on the because some like semi-professional and professional comedians that were doing it they of course took it a bit more seriously so they were yeah. kind of you know trying to just project some kind of image or some kind of you know professionalism yeah. and then I, I've done an open mic in Australia oh. and uh, there was a guy who was he has like I think nine children Whoa. So he was just streaming from his phone and he would have one of his uh, children hold the phone <laughs> and you could see all Shaky the other, hands. Yeah, yeah, and you could see all the other kids as well just sitting there and he would just stand up from his couch, stand in the middle of his living room and just speak. Oh, please know, like, tell me the guy had like swearing and stuff in his in his like diatribe, in his bit. I honestly don't remember because... Uh, that would be great in front of the kids, like, you know, just yelling. I'll be like, so I was on the fucking beach, mate. And I was, you know, the bloody pricks. And all of a sudden there's the wife looking at him going, it's for the bit, honey. It's for the bit. I think he had some stuff about like dating and sex and things like that. <laughs> so I was mounting me wife. Yes, Jimmy, that's your mother. Right. I'm, Shut up. 
he has nine kids. They know. <laughs> yeah, they figured out by now. He does no something secret. with mommy that makes a lot of us. It's no secret to anyone. But yeah, I mean, that was because he was he was kind of barefoot. He was, uh, I think he was topless because it was basically summer. Australian. Yeah, you said he was, was Australian. Was whatever, we, we got February, it. March, whatever. It was yeah. like hot there. Yeah, and then gradually over time, you could see both comics and audience like degrading into this kind of blobs of people in pajamas drinking yeah. in their beds you know like and uh, but eating dinner in front of the camera Ugh, so disrespectful yeah definitely especially when a comic does that <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about me neither <laughs> yeah and that's that's the thing and, and I think that's uh, maybe uh, the fundamental difference between live shows and these mm-hmm. online shows that are still going on in, in different countries and with different organizers mm-hmm. uh, because of the lockdown and so on. Luckily, here in Moscow, we are able to do live shows, not in front of uh, full capacity rooms and so on. But we have some restrictions on different things, but we can still do live shows, which is... What is that restriction, 30? Restrictions depend on the venue and on like, but it has to be like the temperature has to be measured, yeah. distancing between tables, capacity of the room and so on different cities even have different uh, regulations and so on but still it's possible to do real life comedy unlike in in many cities Mm -hmm. and uh uh, the, the thing uh, I wanted to say is that basically with the audience, it was also like we have people, I don't know, just kind of forgetting about it, not showing up and so on. When in the real world, when you go to a comedy show, it's a night out. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. You would have yeah. to dress up. You would have to make plans, invite people. And then you You're would- committed. You commit to that. You're like, I'm getting dressed. I'm buying a ticket. If buying a ticket or, you know, I'm taking spending money with me. And I'm going to show up and I'm, I'm expecting comedy uh, and especially like the venue that we have, you know, it's like, okay, it's a comedy place. It's not like a mixed bar where they just do stand up. You know, it's a proper place. I'm going there. I'm committing to it. I want to laugh. I want to have a good time sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the, the difference in approach because now people, they're kind of, okay, I can join in. 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, I can take a nap and wake up whenever I want. I can mute it if it's not interesting for me mm. uh, or whatever. So I think... Want to go for a cigarette? Yeah, exactly. So people just like stand up and, and leave during the... I remember one of the shows we did online, there was a group of people, for the listeners who don't know, we are based in Moscow in Russia, and there was a group of people, expats, I believe British, if I'm not mistaken, that live in a different Russian city, but they found us doing online shows mm. and they joined several times. It was... I think husband and a wife that run some kind of farm there oh was that the ones who were playing ping pong or pool in the background yeah, exactly exactly yeah so we were, i remember that and it was like sometimes you're like are you guys paying attention we're like we were the background noise. i almost felt like i felt like we were the background radio like we were just the the white noise in the background and occasionally you'd see one like he had his pool cue or something like he'd be like focused on the table and then you see the head turn and he would look at the camera like oh that's an interesting bit and just listen quietly and then you see the hand turn away and you're like I'm losing him I'm losing him yeah I mean they uh, it was ping pong they were playing yeah oh right I mean like <laughs> great great guys they joined like several yeah. times and we had some chats and so on oh. but I mean it was then kind of as I remember end of April maybe or whatever like yeah. the weather was getting nicer here people wanted to spend time outdoors but they couldn't because yeah. we had these restrictions uh, on movement and so on so they were just in their garage playing ping pong but also had some live entertainment in the background which is yeah. also not a bad option why not yeah. again like get some laughs you know like listen to some comedy why not but I'm saying like yeah it was people weren't that dedicated audience or comics 
to yeah. as you would be if you actually get prepared to come to a club to do your set to uh, as a comic or a, as the audience and now I see it in many shows actually I follow a lot of like uh, British TV shows that are recorded yeah. uh, in front of Zoom audience so yeah. they get like 20, 50 I don't know 100 people to join in with Zoom that then yeah. act as audience so they have like a big screen on which they can see all these people and yeah. people are laughing in real time with uh, the, the shows but also you can see that people are kind of basically naked waist down or they're <laughs> scratching themselves yeah because obviously well they're not they don't show the mostly they don't show the audience unless there is some question to the audience or something like this right. but you can see that it's still people in their homes and yeah. they kind of try to put on this image of themselves like yeah prepare for this i'm here as an audience member it's a recording of a i don't know bbc show or whatever yeah. but they're still in their homes and yeah and one thing i always found very funny was like like I said before, like people took care in the beginning. They were very self-aware, but later on people really didn't care. And they didn't care what you saw of their house or, or things like that, like the dirty laundry, like I mentioned before. But yeah, people just like, yeah, it was just very casual. It was just like, yeah, I'm just filling in some time. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, I have a question for you though about this online show. Did you notice... Because I noticed that for, for me that different clubs had different rules for being for doing online shows. Did you notice this? Uh, what do you mean by rules? Like the way of applying or the way of performing mm. or what exactly? Performing and watching. Like, for example, I, I noticed like we we started with, what was it? M microphones off, cameras on, and then we went with everything on, right? Yeah, because we started with a platform that was actually much better for comedy, I think, than Zoom is. Because on Zoom, if two people start speaking or just making yeah. any noise at the same time it kind of cuts off the like the new noise cuts off the previous noise yeah, yeah. so if someone's i don't know coffee machine or something was working in the background so a comedian is doing his bit and then the audience member accidentally like touches his mic yeah. then the comedian gets cut off cut uh, cut off because yeah. it overlaps but we were using a different platform on which basically the sound would always come from the person that is pinned as a speaker as yeah. far as i remember but yeah, because of this, and there were actually there was a possibility for reactions. Like you could yeah. react with emojis, like smiling one, clapping one, and so on. Which Zoom now has, but then it didn't have it. Only had uh -huh. like a raising hand option yeah. because it was supposed to be for like corporate meetings and even classes or whatever. Right. So uh, it was basically the high comedian. Yeah. Hand. <laughs> yeah. That that's how you show support. Yeah. Yeah. Highling the comedian. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. So while while we we're using this platform, and because we actually started with paid shows not open yeah. mics we did like two times a week wednesday and friday if i'm not mistaken showcases with people from around the world we had a chance to invite some of our really good friends mm -hmm. comedians that we met on some tours or festivals and so on uh, to join and to perform with us basically their kind of 15 minutes 20 minutes of material yeah. and we charged some money for it not a lot of course because it was like an online show uh, but still uh, because we basically had to somehow survive this period as well and have some yeah. uh, income as well but then when we moved to when we started doing open mics we moved to zoom and uh, it was also good with with the sound on and with people yeah. actually laughing and clapping and joining in with some i remember some open mics turned into like roasts <laughs> comics would just start every set with just pointing out oh you look like the, the your house oh, looks who was like the canadian this. guy the canadian guy I, I roasted him by saying that he looked like a trailer trash tintin he was good because that was the whole point because he started roasting people so then everyone roasted him back and then the audience got involved and they were just like all right open season he was 
was like, ah, oh, shit, shouldn't have started this. That was great, though. He was great. Yeah, I think many people, they, they found this. I also think it was like a unique experience of uniting people from all around the world. Mm. And I think comedians as people, like not comedians that do it for, you know, just to get some attention or to, yeah. I don't know, like whatever. But people who really, who are comedians, you know, mm. like as a as a character trait, you're a comedian. And maybe as a like profession or, or life calling or something like this mm. i think that we are more or less all the same like we will talk about the same narcissistic things. desperate uh wanting no. attention no no oh, okay. no no i mean we are uh, support of humanity we make oh. people laugh entertain them in the times of crisis mm. help and, people. and helping them analyze a situation from a different perspective yes. in order to coalesce these ideas exactly. into a kind of a vapor that we can then inhale that people can inhale into themselves we are the fundamental foundation of humanity yeah yeah okay let's go with that sure. i mean to be honest comedy and different kinds of comedians clowns whatever mm. existed in, in in human society for like what thousands and thousands of years yeah. different clowns jesters whatever yeah yeah historically and, and culturally and so on comedians have a role in a society and i think a lot of us have a similar kind of mindset and so on and that's why meeting people from around the world that share this mindset because when you go to a comedy club anywhere else i've done like several european tours i haven't been outside of the european continent and now it was a chance for me to meet people basically from i don't know canada america mexico india where else like malaysia whatever africa we had people from all around the world and uh, to see that they're basically the same as you like yeah. you would just we all share the same of course like culturally we're different or racially we're different or i don't know religion language whatever but as a not as a person but as a comedian yeah. we're kind of the same you jump on yeah. an opportunity to do a joke you appreciate the same punchline you would roast each other if given opportunity all in good spirit yeah. and so on and I, I think it was like a really really unique and valuable experience to to network and to meet people from all around the world that are basically the same as you okay Keeping that in mind now, Eagle, how many of those people that you've met have you actually kept in contact with? Well, I don't think it's about making you know, <laughs> friends for life. No, but really, it's about just understanding that getting not not even about specific people but about understanding that you're let's say you're not alone in this you're not a because, freak is what yeah. you're saying basically we realize hey we're not complete freaks there are a lot of us and if we are freaks there are many of us so it's totally fine well yeah keep doing this it's like in any kind of you know uh, hobby or any mm -hmm. kind of lifestyle or whatever because i i really think that finding finding like a support group, a community of people that do the same thing. Uh -huh. It's important because when we, we're doing English comedy in Moscow, this is a very specific and unique thing mm -hmm. because uh, doing English comedy in an English speaking country is one thing or in kind of a tourist popular hub like Berlin or Amsterdam or something. But we do it in Moscow. It's a very particular mm -hmm. kind of evening hobby or, or job or whatever to have. Yeah. And that's why to see that many people from many countries around the world have the same experience, have the same challenges, have the same yeah. sense of humor, have the same values, the same interests, and they will jump on the same punchline with the same words and so on, uh, yeah. on the same setup, sorry, yeah. uh, with the same punchline. I think it's it's amazing. And it's, it's it was a very unique opportunity to realize this and to learn all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, for me, actually, absolutely. Um, because I had this thing of like, you know, performing only in one place, really, in Moscow, the idea of like, 
is my stuff usable in other countries, in other cultures? Can it work? And then to actually be able to try that out and realize, hey, actually, yeah, it does work. Like I could, I could catch a flight when the borders open, of course, to America or to Israel or to England. And I could do this and they will laugh. Like that's always been like the, the kind of fear when you do like the comedy in a place that's non-English speaking and you just don't know if it will translate because you're kind of like, am I getting to in a way in a bubble? where you're performing to non-English speaking um, audience and whether they understand you. So am I kind of compromising too much in that regard? So yeah, I thought it was a great experience. Yeah, I think it's a very valuable experience because it did prove a lot of like ideas and concepts like can my set work abroad how will i don't know native english speakers or non-native english speakers react to this people from different cultures from different like countries and so on see all these jokes and uh, but i think it also depends on the actual show i did some i, I didn't do a lot i did maybe five or six uh, shows with different yeah. organizations and some were very very welcoming yeah. and i felt like i i, I felt the best and like uh, the biggest achievement was when you get the comedians laughing yeah. because on some of the shows they were really like experienced professional comedians who were doing comedy for 20 30 years yeah. every night and then you get them laughing and you're like well what we do here it's you know you never know are people laughing at you because you're really funny or they're laughing at you because you're like a novelty act yeah. oh my god this guy speaks english or oh yeah. my god like this guy's a foreigner or whatever mm -hmm. but when you get native speaking professional comedians laughing at your joke you're like oh this is cool but i've done mm -hmm. some shows maybe only two where it was a very like closed circuit yeah. of people like they were let's say on the zoom meeting there were 12 people mm -hmm. nine comics and two friends of theirs and me yeah and they were just doing it was kind of like a workshop for them so they were doing some inside jokes they were doing some callbacks to stuff that happened a week ago yeah, and things right. like this and then i came in with my like five minute set and they were all just kind of silent writing their own notes like not even listening and i finished my set i was like okay guys that's it that's all i had thank you and they were like Okay, that was this guy. Next, our resident comedian and famous... So basically, if you're not part of the clique, yeah. know, the clique group, sorry, we're not going to listen to you. We don't care because, you know, you're not, you're not coming back next week anyway. So, exactly. you know, thank you for, for, for filling in five minutes of space. Yeah, but some of them were really welcoming, really yeah. well ran uh, and organized. And mm. uh, I've seen some kind of same people from different countries on different shows. Yeah, that was always cool. As well. So uh, I do believe that once we have a chance to, I don't know, travel to the UK or Germany or Israel or whatever, that mm -hmm. we can actually meet. As you asked, like, am, am I in touch with any of them? I'm not. But if, I'm go if I will be going to those countries, I do know a person that yeah. is already a part of a comedy scene there and i will definitely hit them up and if they come to moscow i invite them to hit us up and to ask yeah. for a spot and to like book a show with us and so on so i think it was a great uh, great opportunity for all of this to yeah. happen so yeah it was a hard year i think many challenges many things changed and mm -hmm. we saw comedy like we've never imagined before that's true but i'm very impressed with the comedy community and how we dealt with all of this and the solutions we found i think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know how things are going to go nowadays because we, we have vaccines, apparently. Uh, you know, we have the Moderna, we have the Pfizer, and technically Sputnik V. So... Is it called Sputnik V? Something like that, yeah. Is it not... 
Sputnik 19. No, <laughs> but the, the point is like, you know, these vaccines are coming out, but you know, they're still saying we have to be careful, right? You know, all these shows, uh, how they're happening. So at this point, like, you know, when I was uh, looking up like a while back when we were researching this, like, you know, what, how they're dealing with it, like, I went to a place called everfest.com, which has all these live shows and, you know, how to buy tickets and stuff. And it was three pages of cancelled shows, you know, stuff like that. So obviously a lot of stuff was being postponed. Uh, Edinburgh Fringe cancelled off, sorry, next year, Mm -hmm. Uh, that sort of thing. And hopefully now that we have this sort of um, vaccines coming out and if people take them and we get the numbers down, you know, all this will come back. Now, the, the question is, you know, if you'd asked me about a month ago, you know, whether these online shows would continue, I'd say, oh, yeah, possibly these online shows would continue. But now the vaccine is coming in and the way people are fickle and they're so desperate to return to normalcy, I would say that they're pretty much all going to die out. I don't know. What do you reckon? I don't know. We had some even requests to kind of keep recording and streaming our shows that we're now doing at the club yeah. online and so on. But I think there we? might be there might be some audience for this and there might be some niche for this as well but if things go back to normal shows will go back to normal because you can't really replace the atmosphere and the energy and uh, attention and Mm. commitment of both comics and the audience when you are in a room doing stuff because stand-up is a a live sort of yeah Mm. sort of art and i think even though this is live as well like streaming on zoom and so on it's not pre-recorded or something it's really doesn't work the same but i'm very glad to see that in many countries in many cities uh, there were still solutions to this even during the pandemic and lockdown when it was Mm. like going on because people have done shows like outdoors on rooftops on terraces in parks Uh, in new york i know that was a big thing uh, doing shows in parks where people would just kind of sit on their little blanket two meters apart from anyone else and there was a comic just shouting stuff (laughs) like uh, under a tree now the question is was he shouting uh, to people under the tree or was he shouting at the lawnmower guy to shut the fuck up because he's trying to do his comedy bit? Yeah, that's, I mean, and I saw some kind of people on YouTube talking about his comics and about the experience and so on. I think really it's it's some kind of thing that you could never even imagine a year ago like yeah i'll be doing a show we did a few outdoor shows here in moscow but it was like an organized show there was an outdoor theater that plays like movies every summer and then instead of a movie there was a show but there were like seating there was uh you know like sound system and so on but this was just people basically people shouting at people in a park (laughs) so it's really like flipped the whole format so it was typical new york just typical new york just walking through a park in new york someone's basically yelling smart ass from marks and the other people are responding and and at the end you go oh wait this is actually a comedy show ah not just new yorkers being themselves yeah yeah i should oh wait i what did what did i step into is this, <laughs> yeah am i interrupting am i a heckler now i just wanted to take a walk through the park and, exactly and now i'm in the middle of a comedy show and <laughs> some guy's making fun of me so yeah i i really think that uh some organizers some comics found like some temporary or permanent solutions i know some Mm -hmm. comedy clubs were completely repurposed as kind of streaming theaters venues whatever where they put kind of two three cameras from different angles and a big screen where the comic could see the audience on zoom or whatever and they completely moved to online to virtual shows but i still believe that once the numbers are down and hopefully we go back to normal that this will also change again and we will do normal shows as we did before yeah all right okay so shall we move on to a quiz 
Let's let's do it. Okay, so um, well, you can start if you want. You can ask me a question. We'll see how we go. Well, let's see how good is your knowledge of the events that happened in 2020. I tried pretty bad. To, okay, I tried to keep it as recent as possible. Uh-huh. So not, I, I'm not going to ask you something that happened in February. I'm going to ask you about things that happened in the recent uh-huh. few weeks, but they are still connected to comedy and Ooh. mostly to this kind of new world that comedy and stand-up comedy uh, has to deal with. So, uh-huh. first question, which comic recently, famous comic, recently gave an interview and said that while all these things proved uh, the same things we are now discussing, that mm-hmm. comedians will persevere and find a way and so on, that once this all of this is over, we will the comedy scene the stand-up scene will be stronger than ever because we will take all these experiences and have things to talk about and have new ways of doing stuff and material and so on Uh so an optimistic comic that's a rare breed ah can i ask questions like are they american you can ask some questions yeah are are they american they they are i mean it's not they it's a a person but yeah uh, that person is yeah yeah. well i'm just using that you know they because i'm the pronoun yeah let's, Yeah. let's not because I don't want to, you know, say he or she, because I don't know. Um, okay, so they are American. That explains the And optimism. even if you did know, it would be, in this current climate, very risky to assume a gender of a yeah. person. Yeah. So let's just call them they. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, it said this. Okay. So now, um, ah, comedian optimistic. I'll, I'll give you a few more hints. It was a comedian that has done many kind of TV shows and appearances has, I think, few Netflix specials on as well. And wow, that sounds during the, like every famous American yeah, comedian. But during during the pandemic, this comic has done the online shows, like online paid shows and whatever. But they said that while it was fun and it was a way of doing it, well, mm-hmm. there was no other way of doing it. Uh, it would be great when we will be able to do it in person, live in a room with an audience, and that then the stand-up is going to just be on a different level than it was before all of this. Yeah, see, that's that's just it. Out of the really big names, I don't know many that actually still performed live on on camera. I mean, they released Netflix specials and stuff like that, like you know Chappelle did, and and um, and others did. But I mean, yeah, those that actually still performed. Online, uh, Christopher Titus is one I can think of who did that sort of stuff, I believe. Um, I don't know. Have I ever met this comedian? In person? Yeah. Mm, I don't think okay, so. Okay, so that's not Jim Gaffigan. All right, I fair enough. I, I, uh, I don't know your whole life story. I don't yeah, know what kind of yeah. things you've no. been up to. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's not that. Ah, crap. I have no idea. Okay, I'm going to go with Kevin Hart. No, it's uh, but Kevin Hart did a, an, an interesting special. I don't know, did you see it in in his home? Oh, in his living room. Yeah, I heard of. That's why he like, was the only one that stuck into my head because I heard he'd done something. Yeah. Um. No, it's it's uh, Whitney Cummings. Damn it! And I follow her on fucking Twitter. There you go. Shit. If only you followed more closely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Whitney Cummings. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, you go. Okay. Uh, all right. So th- this is a very very simple one. Then, um, who is the highest grossing comedian at the moment? Highest grossing comedian, like in money wise, who's making the most? No, money. I know what highest grossing means. Don't yeah patronize me, but uh, I mean, 
it, it all the sources of revenue and income. Yeah, I'm like, guessing. Yeah, also including specials and all the rest. So who's a and who's basically like, the most successful comedian, but also moment. including kind of, uh, I guess royalties or whatever, yeah. whatever you call it for like old stuff. Because oh, I'm, yes, I'm so tempted yeah. to say Seinfeld. Mm, no, he's number two. Oh well, I was. That's why I was tempted because it was so close. In the world. Uh, or, I would assume so. Or like in the States or something. Well, okay, let's go with States to be safe. They're all the all three are, are American. Well then I would say Kevin Hart. Yes. Yes. Any idea how much? A lot. Too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently fifty-nine. Not, not not to uh basically yeah. disrespect Kevin and his hard work, but in any case I believe it's too yeah. much. <laughs> right. And number three, for bonus point, you have met the man. Jim Gaffigan? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Good old Jim. Good for I, him. I believe that, yeah. yeah. Also very hardworking and genuinely yeah. like self-made hilarious comics. So yeah, makes absolutely. sense. I mean, all of them. All right. So my question is, which famous comedian has recently published a book mm-hmm. that is basically a collection of his jokes from the early days when he started till now? So it's like... Uh, basically, um, I, I, as far as I understand, it's not actual like jokes word uh, by word, but it's little kind of notes, little dra. I don't know, Gary Goldman? No. Okay. Uh, Just think like which comic would have decades of material yeah. and had such like. Steve kind of- Martin would be one guy like that. Like Steve Martin could like, he could do volumes. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld could do it as well is the answer you're going yeah let's go with Jerry Seinfeld and you're right it yeah. is Jerry Seinfeld he's okay. just published a book with a collection of his jokes from when he started doing comedy I guess at 21 yeah and then through his like sitcom Seinfeld yeah. years all like up to now so basically kind of uh, short jokes some notes yeah. some like ideas and so on put together in a book Okay, uh, talking about old comedians who've been around for a long time and now no longer with us, unfortunately. Uh, what year did Robin Williams have his first TV debut? TV debut, was it like a guest appearance at one of the late shows, talk shows? No, no, it was apparently it was some sort of a revival of some show called Laugh-In. So he was asked to, you know, do comedy there, so... To be honest, TV I, debut. I don't really know much about his kind of career prior to his blockbuster appearances, mm-hmm. like when he did Peter Pan and Jumanji and whatever, you know, like yeah. the big yeah. the big comedy movies. Uh, so I would say that that was mid-90s and he was already in his 40s, as I remember. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that he's done some guest appearances, maybe as a warm-up act or something like mm-hmm. this for some show's back in do I need to give you an exact year or a decade or uh, like a exact year would be great it would be great 1976 oh so close 77 there we go TV debut 77 I believe he got his first role then and 78 with Mork and Mindy so yeah yeah there you That's, go I knew that I yeah. channeled my inner uh-huh. Williams uh-huh. you just counted backwards from 40 yeah. anyway yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm really good at guessing random stuff. Yeah. All right. And the final question for you, Uh which uh, famous Hollywood actor Uh recently, in an interview, recently said that uh, he kind of secretly wants to do stand-up 
because he believes that acting, just reciting lines he learned is one thing, but he could put his acting skill, uh -huh. I mean, kind of stage presence or whatever, in, in into uh, stand-up. And stand-up is great because you can say things without filter and it's uh -huh. like a, a live resp immediate response and so yeah. on. So he said that he would be tempted to try stand-up. And if there was no uh, pandemic happening, mm -hmm. that he would probably already do it this year. He would try himself Ooh. at stand-up. <clears throat> so now you're saying he's a Hollywood star. He's a Hollywood star. Big? Very big. Very big. Uh, and uh, is he American? He is American. Okay, he's American. Now, I would assume to do that... I'm going to guess that he's actually a little bit older. Like, he's not young. Um, this is just me spitballing here. He's not young, probably been acting for a while. I'm going to guess he's done comedic films, but kind of not felt like he's a real comedian, maybe. You know, it's one of those sort of like feelings like, I want to get the real laugh. I want to know that I earned it sort of feelings. So well, I, I can tell you he's done some comedic roles, but I wouldn't call him a comedic actor. Yeah. Because actually many actors that play in comedies come from stand-up and so on yeah. so that's where they begin yeah. like I don't know Adam Sandler or Seth Rogen <laughs> or Eddie Murphy or well see this is what I was guessing someone who didn't come from the stand-up comedy but does but comedy films so he sees his co-stars and you know obviously he's them telling stories about you know getting those genuine laughs and it's sort of like yeah I'm just faking it like I'm telling the jokes that are written on a script from someone else I want to be able to do it myself like I want to be able to get that honest reaction know that I made it from scratch you know sort of thing Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, damn, this is tough. Because, yeah, this is the problem. Every time I start thinking of something, I'm like, oh, Jason Sudakis? I'm like, no, but he's done SNL, so he knows that real feeling. He's you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think of this uh, person, I can reveal it's a guy, you wouldn't think of this guy as a... As a comedian, actually, I, 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 I wouldn't because all this like SNL people and so on, you would yeah. think of them, even if they're not stand up per se, they did sketches or writing or, yeah. uh, but, and I was very surprised to, to, to find that he wants to try doing stand up. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Ice tea. <laughs> very random because no because seriously that guy does everything he's been a rapper he was in body count which is a heavy metal band and he was he's been doing that for ages and now he's an actor it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden he went and actually if you read his tweets he can be a funny fucker i love how i said like he's a very very big hollywood actor and you went with ice tea oh, again right, no yeah. disrespect to ice tea yeah, yeah but yeah, i mean yeah. this is this is a guy that's been in like let's say four or five major blockbusters george clooney no no Okay, Brad so that, Pitt. No, well, now you're just naming people and we can go through a list. No, no, of I'm going to go with Brad Pitt. No, it's not Brad Pitt. Okay, fair enough. It is Matthew McConaughey. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. he revealed it recently in an interview with Russell Howard, Howard yeah. that he would be very interested in trying it and that he would try it already this year if, if not for the current mm. situation and that mm. he really kind of admires the, the format. format and the, the, the way that you can just 
say what you think without yeah. it being pre-scripted and like filtered and right. edited and uh, whatever so yeah. yeah and completely pointless side note uh, one of the things I learned when performing on front of the camera like for Zoom and things like that for the shows actually came from Matthew McConaughey during an interview when he said uh, make sure you have a light set low facing towards you have a lamp like but you set it low so it shines upwards from like your feet or from something like that because then it shines it up upwards and it makes you look better on camera useful advice yeah all right do you do you have any more questions for me or that's nope. it nope uh well i got one more if i want uh okay Patton oswalt how many specials has he done 11 no i that's just like a number that's six six well that's almost 11 yeah yeah but, half i mean almost half any number i, I could have said would be good enough i guess because Fair if enough. i don't know then any guess is a good guess i was about to give you a multiple choice option but you just jumped in with 11 I, I just i don't know when you said how many i i saw 11 in front okay. of my eyes it's like just okay. flashed 11 and you saw wrong okay. because six sounds like a reasonable number so i don't know why would you ask that question i yeah. thought it's kind of he has way more than we think he does yeah but then he just has a normal amount of specials yeah. so okay uh, thanks for this insightful question <laughs> and uh, let's finish up with some recommendations so okay. during this whole year what was maybe the the funniest thing you watched or found or some kind of interesting maybe source of, of laughter and comedy or just a specific uh, show or whatever what can you recommend Oh, if we're going with that criteria, honestly, the thing that's been kind of making me get through this year has been a trio of Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, and Trevor Noah. Uh, you know, considering what's been going on with the world, uh, what's been going on with America, which, you know, I know it's another country, but it does influence, like, you kind of always got an eye on it. Uh, it was a good way to digest news and make fun of really messed up situations and, and how people are dealing with things. So, yeah, I would say those three. Uh, if it came to a comedy special, for me, it was uh, Hannah Gadsby's Douglas. Really enjoyed it because if anyone has seen Nanette, um, that was the one where she kind of bared her soul and, and things like that. And she got a bit of criticism saying that it wasn't a proper comedy special. You know, it was pretty much her fed up and just kind of ripping the script and just going, stuff it, I'm not going to play your game anymore. And what I liked about Douglas was because she got fame for doing that with Nanette, with Douglas, it was almost like, okay, I've got this fame. I kind of have the responsibility or I have the motivation to show that I deserve it. And so I think that she really kind of laid everything down, her comedic talents and the way that she can write a comedy special. I love the callbacks. I love the fact that in the beginning, she completely reveals what the whole script is going to pretty much be and then goes with it and still manages to surprise you, which basically just shows that, yes, she deserves it. She's been in this game for so long. And that's why I liked it. All right. Uh, fair enough. I will definitely check it out because I... I couldn't get into the net yeah. and we had this conversation already. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't, I don't know, it just wasn't my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. But uh, maybe I will be able to get into this one. What I've discovered this year, and I know him, he's been around. I've seen some clips of his guest appearances or different like late night shows mm -hmm. and so on. But I found his YouTube channel when a recommendation popped up on my YouTube and it was Mark Norman's special. Mm -hmm. It was the first special he recorded, and I guess he pitched it to several like networks and streaming platforms and stuff. They all said no, and he just basically released it on his channel, got four and a half million views Whoa. in the meantime, 
And it is more like a compilation show because I see that most of those jokes he's done on different shows and uh-huh. it's different like kind of tight 15, tight 20 sets, but they still work. It's still really good. It's still yeah. really funny. And uh, through this special, I actually found his channel and I started following a little bit more of, of his kind of uh, just insight into comedy. Uh-huh. And he's been doing some very interesting stuff this year, like the shows in the park that uh-huh. we talked about. He's been doing some kind of reports on his like back-to-back shows. Yeah. So why can you do like the same joke two nights in a row and one day it will kill, the other day it will bomb yeah. and things like this. So as a comedian, it's a very interesting and I would say important insight into yeah. a life and a career, let's say, of a professional touring comedian that is not so big, mm-hmm. but still works on a professional level. And I think the way he kind of uh, delivers these insights and so on, his opinion, it's very humble. It's very, you know, like down to earth, mm-hmm. like comic to comic yeah. style. So I really started following uh, his little journey through the pandemic and so on. And I think especially something that uh, everyone should have a look at because it's uh, even as a compilation show, it's pretty strong. It's pretty funny. It you, it gets you laughing every like 30 seconds or something. Yeah. So it's, it's really something that basically made my lockdown. <laughs> made my lockdown. Lovely. Lovely phrasing. Where is he from? He's from uh, the States, from New York, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, okay, cool. Excellent. Well, I think the listeners have had enough of us by now. Yeah, hopefully. We will make another episode, and then if you like this, you can log back in and uh, listen to the next one then. We'll talk about different topics, give different advice and recommendations and things, and hopefully come up with better, newer questions. That's uh, true. So thank you so much for joining in and for listening. I've been Igor Monday. And I'm David Munoz, still. Still, David Munoz. I've been Igor Monday. I have to change my name now before the next podcast, before the next episode. And yes, this was Comedy Kiosk. Join us next time. Have a nice day. Goodbye. Goodbye.